Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. This is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. I am so happy you're listening today. Happiness Solved is dedicated to giving you content that is empowering, motivational, inspirational, and of course, a dose of happiness. It's my way to give back to the world and share other people's stories. This thing called life can be challenging, and my guests share their amazing stories, wisdom, and life lessons that demonstrate anyone can choose happiness. You see, happiness is a journey, not a destination. I'm Sandy Scarlatta, and I have been inspiring others to shift their mindset and choose happiness for over 20 years. As we head into a new year, here's some food for thought. How many times have you gotten excited to make your New Year's resolutions only to abandon them? It's okay, you're not alone. Statistics show that roughly 50% of the population sets New Year's resolutions, and yet the majority of those give up within the first 30 to 45 days. In fact, 80% of people who make New Year's resolutions will abandon them during the month of February. I want more than anything for you to succeed in 2023 and have five tips to share with you. One, create a detailed plan on how you're going to ensure that you follow through and take action. Two, get an accountability partner. Three, Attach your emotions to the goals. What I mean by that is, how will achieving them make you feel? Four, set up an app to track your goals or set up an alarm on your phone to remind you to take action. And lastly, five, celebrate your wins. This is so important because when you celebrate it and give yourself a pat on the back, what you're doing is you're reinforcing that positive behavior and you're more likely to continue doing it. So thank you so much for listening today. And don't forget to leave a review and follow me on social media at Coach Sandy Scarlatta. Today's episode is amazing and I am so grateful for you. Enjoy the show. Rita Ernst, hello. It's so exciting to be talking with you. How are, how are you today? I'm wonderful and I'm very excited too. Thank you so much for inviting me to your podcast and allowing me to have a conversation with you. I, as somebody else who is really very, 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 very focused on bringing more happiness into the world, I just can't wait for this conversation. Oh, same here. And right before I hit record, you happened to mention that you're in Louisville. 
or I usually say Louisville. Um, <laughs> you know, we actually have a like senior. a little chart that we sell in the shops. It has like the nine pronunciations, but I will take Louisville over Louisville for sure. Right. So my son is a senior at University of Louisville. Wonderful. So I come in multiple times a year. And, um, but, but the funny thing is that the reason I like to enunciate is because I grew up in the Baltimore Annapolis area and most of my family says Baltimore and it just makes my skin crawl. It's like, it's not Baltimore, it's Baltimore. So I feel like with Louisville, it's not Louisville, it's Louisville. <laughs> but I try to, I try to, when I'm in the area, I try to, you know, say it correctly because you will get corrected <laughs> well you know yeah it's a little bit like new orleans right nobody who's from there says new orleans <laughs> and mm-hmm. definitely don't say new orleans <laughs> so, right right we're a little bit the same way but you know i think because we are most famous for the derby and for our bats a lot of the pronunciation mm. of louisville has to do with how the major league baseball players, you know, talk about the Louisville slugger. So I think a oh, lot right. of them say the Louisville slugger for the bat. Right. And so I think that's right. why that is one of the most common ways that it is said. In- well, it's interesting. You're my second guest from Louisville and I have somebody just scheduled. And I noticed that this, this other person is also in Louisville. And I'm like, does somebody in Louisville have the link to my calendar? Because I know. <laughs> no, I get a lot of, um, I get so many requests for people to be guests on my podcast, which is amazing. And I'm so grateful for that. And what happens is I just send my link and a lot of times it's a publicist. So I'm dealing with the publicist and not really paying attention to, you know, the guest. And then I'll, they show up on my calendar and I'm like, oh, okay. But all that aside, I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, you oh, you have your your degree in organizational psychology from Clemson University. That's incredible. Um, I want to talk about the work that you do and your book. But before we get to that, everybody has a story. And I'd like to hear your story. How did you get to where you are today? And and then And then we'll talk about your book. So the... Short version of the story is my husband and I were expecting our very first child. We were living in San Francisco, California, which we loved. And it was time for Natalie to arrive and nobody could make it from our family. My my father-in-law was diagnosed with cancer. My stepmother fell and broke her hip and wasn't able to be on a plane. My sister had three children of her own, which didn't make like traveling across the country with kids possible. Um, my mother did finally, she was, she was a working nurse, so it's really hard for her to get time off of work. So she was finally, several months la- later, able to, cause, you know, not knowing when the baby's going to come. She and my daughter was three weeks early. She was born right at 37 weeks. My mother hadn't planned that early and she just couldn't drop everything because of work. And so, yeah, so we were just suddenly like experiencing this really important monumental event and all this other stuff was going on in our families. And so my husband and I decided that 
San, San Francisco was too far from our families in the Midwest. And so I moved jobs to move closer to family and ended up not finding the alignment of walk and talk that I was looking for in the organization that I joined. I think I'll just leave it nicely like that. And, um, and my daughter was at this point a, a little over three years of age. And my husband said, you're not loving work anyway. I, I'm like a tag. I'm tired of being the stay-at-home dad. I'm ready to go back to work. So tag out. I, you know, you just get her to kindergarten and I will go back to work. When I, he said, just, just treat it like a sabbatical, which, you know, it's, it's easy to say, but I think you and I have, are similar age, Sandy, so you may have experienced this as well. It's not so easy for women to step out of the workforce and step back in without getting the side eye. It's not easy at all. And no. so, um, uh -uh. but in the meantime, I got pregnant with baby number two, and then I decided I wanted to be the PTA mom and do all those things, but I still missed work. I, I, OD is my passion. It's my love. And um, I needed that intellectual stimulation. So people just started sending me clients. And for the longest time, I said, I'm a freelancer. And then when my second daughter was born, I was like, I guess I'm not going back to corporate. I really don't want that life. So I guess I need to hang out my own shingle and start my own business. And as somebody aptly said, I sort of built a lifestyle business where I was able to put as much time into my business as I wanted and sort of, so it was like, I want family to be primary and work is just this extra thing I do over here for my mental. And so, and over time as my kids have grown, I've shifted the balance of that. That's, that's incredible because that's what we all want. Yes. Yes, it is. And we all, I, I feel like that's what we all really, really want out of life is just to be able to have that balance. So kudos to you for accomplishing that. So your book, Show Up Positive, was released in June of this year. Um, tell, talk about that and what led you to write that book. That book is, it's two parts. It is a manifesto that came out of the work that I did with essential businesses in 2020 and 21. And it is also a playbook. Uh, the second part of the book is a list of 50 ways that you can show up positive for yourself in your workplace to create the culture around you that you want. And the and sort of the punchline of the book, Sandy, is you have permission to be the coworker you wish you had. Mm. Stop waiting for the person next to you to change their behavior before you change your own. You give them all your power. You just anointed that person, the queen over you, gave them all the power when you say, I'm not doing anything till they do. And you know, in what other area of your life would you give over so much power, right? And so what happened in the early stages of the pandemic is a lot of us struggled to figure out how to set up our work at home situation and get our kids settled and all of those things. But these essential workers, they had to go into their normal place of business day in, day out, but it no longer felt like their normal place of business, right? They had all of these new right. conditions that they had 
to meet, you know, one day it's temperature checks, one day it's masking, there's all these new cleaning protocols, you got to socially distance, all of those things. So work, it was like the Alice in Wonderland version of work. And oh, Mm -hmm. by the way, their other family members, like their kids were still at home trying to do homeschooling down one parent who's not physically there with them. If you didn't have family co-located with you, it was difficult to find childcare or support for your family. And then you had all of this concern about, are you going to get sick? Are you going to bring something back into your home? Are you going to be responsible for potentially the loss of life in your own family? I mean, it was just a lot for people to take on and very stressful. So not surprising that these beautiful organizations with highly committed, high-performing teams just got completely derailed. And the workplace filled yeah. with negative, negative conversation and complaining. And to the point, there's a quote at the back of my book, which is misery loves company until people grow tired of being miserable. And I was meeting people at that crossroads, that crossroads of wanting to express their misery and also wanting them to call a halt to all of that misery. And helping them find that path back to being that force of creation in their organization instead of just feeling like they are a victim. Wow, I love it. So I want to go back to what you were saying, um, that you were saying that people really give their power away when they come to work. Why is that? Why do, from a psychological perspective, why is it that people, they won't do that in their relationship with their, their partner or maybe even their children or their best friend, but why would they do that at work? Is there, is there some sort of psychological reasoning behind that, that, that would cause people to, to do that and give their power away? I love that you're asking that question, Sandy. And actually, I, unfortunately, I think that people often do do the same thing in their interpersonal relationships in other areas mm. of their life. And there are a couple of reasons, but one of the most important reasons that we give our power away like that is that biologically, we like to be right. So it's very important to us to maintain our self-esteem and to feel like we are right. So when we can deflect attention to somebody else, it's a self-preservation, right? So when we can deflect and say, I'm not going to do anything till they do something, right? Um, The other thing that happens is we fear rejection. So... When sometimes we give our power over in institutions because we think that's what we have to do to fit in. We have to follow the lead of others. If everybody else is complaining, I need to join in the complaining too. If I don't do that, I'm going to stand out and maybe they're going to turn the tables and start complaining about me. You know, I'm mm-hmm. going to put the spotlight on me in the wrong way and I'm going to pay a penalty for that. I'm going to risk my belonging in this, in this situation. And that's, you know, that's one of the reasons that people don't do it with their friends and with their family and with the people that are supposed to love them, right? How they get into these negative codependent bad relationships is that we do that. It's a safety response. And one of my favorite things, I love Peter Block, just absolutely 
love Peter Block. And one of the things that he says is when you choose safety and security, you give up your power. And I think in the workplace, we're choosing safety and security at a personal level, at a belonging level, and in, in, you know, at, a, at an organizational level. I, I, I used to work in HR and people would say, well, I can't, come, I can't do that. I'll lose my job. And I would look at them and I say, really? You think you get fired for doing that? And then they would pause. Well, I probably wouldn't lose my job, but I, you know that I'm going to get passed over for a promotion, or you know I'm going to get the ire of my manager and I'm going to get less money in my next pay increase, or I'm going to get a bad review. There's going to be retaliation that comes back on me. Mm. And that's a that's a nightmare for human resources because the last thing you want is for people to feel that they're going to be getting any sort of retaliate retaliation for speaking up for something that they believe in or what is right. And it's why the conversation around psychological safety in the workplace that is happening right now is so very, very, very important. It is essential if you are going to walk your talk around diversity, equity, and inclusion, because Mm -hmm. there are just so many hurdles there that, we often don't see from our own personal privilege that we need to uncover around that safety. But it is equally true when you're in this downward spiral of negativity. And we are, again, go back to your question about psychology, negativity bias is real. We have a natural inclination that goes back to our caveman days to pay more attention to the negative things that happen to us than to the positive things that happen to us. Because those, that's the fear response. That's the safety response. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fight or flight. Yes. That still exists today. And, and, and most people don't realize that that's why, you know, 100% of the time, your first, your first reaction is always going to be emotional and not necessarily rational. And yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It, that's really interesting. So back to your book, because I love that you you said that the second part of your book, you've got 50 ways that you can show up. Can you share a couple of ways to show up positive? So one of my favorite words in the book is amplify. Mm. Right. Um, and another one is applaud in the A section. So let's go with a plot. A plot is a fun one to talk about. So I've actually done a couple of videos about this. So when we go to a live performance, what do we do the minute the person steps on the stage? Yeah, you applaud. Yeah, Sandy is applauding. (laughs) Exactly. We applaud, right? And yet in most workplaces... When we talk about doing some acknowledgement of people for showing up at work, that person just showed up to their job. You paid a ticket price, right? They just showed up. When we talk about acknowledging and appreciating people for showing up, what do people say? Well, why should we do that? I'm already paying them to be here, right? Right, right. Right? But imagine, imagine if we were celebrating one another just for showing up. You know, I do this. Every week I go to get my groceries on Sunday mornings. And when I am in the checkout line, I say to the checkout person, thank you so much for coming to work today to help me. I really appreciate the fact that you are here today. And they're surprised. They're like, oh, wow, thank you. 
But they made probably a like looking around, like what, what, what's going on? Why are you oh, thinking? It, it is received so. It's mostly women, and it's received very well. Or young people who would much rather be in bed. And I'm saying, you know, you being here really is is helpful to me. I appreciate the fact that you chose to be here today. Is it, it's meaningful? That's so huge. It's huge, and I think that so often, and I know you're in you're in Lovell. From what I remember, people are very friendly there. I'm in the D.C. metro area. Everybody's so busy. We're stressed out. And they, you know, the same man that would hold the door for you that, you know, when you're walking into a building, cuts you off and flips you off in traffic, you know. Right. And people aren't very nice to each other. You rarely know your neighbors, you know, and it's it's kind of sad. Um and I think that, because I know that's not America as a whole. I'm just in this area of the country that, you know, we're kind of, we always joke, we're kind of in a bubble in this area. And this isn't what the real world and what the rest of the United States is like. And at the same time, people just don't take the time to, to thank people like that and or, or make eye contact with a stranger so and smile and say, how are you? Imagine if you started to do that. What might that lead to? Yeah. What might be possible because of that? And then let's yeah. just fast forward to the end of the concert. So what is the number one thing people do when the band leaves the stage? Well, if they're good, you stand up and you applaud. And why do you do that? Because you, you don't want them to go. You want to you acknowledge how much you love them. And you're inviting and, you know, come the encore, right? The louder, more, the more right. vociferous the applause yeah. and the excitement, right. the more likely it is you're going to get the encore, right? Why That's do we think right. it would be any different for people at work? Right. Right? That's right. So applause, yeah. you know, is amplify, is lifting up other voices, elevating other voices. Another favorite one, let's go all the way to the end of the book, welcoming. Let's take a really simple one, right? Mm -hmm. Um, one of the things that people remember the most about Cheers, which is a syndicated television series, is yeah. what happens at the bar every time this character walks through the door. Will you tell the audience what they do, Sandy? Do you remember? They say, hey, Norm. Yeah, yeah. Norm! Is it, is it Norm? Everybody yells, Norm! Norm! As soon as he walks through the yeah. door. Norm knows he belongs. That's his bar. The whole gig of that, right? The whole hook was that this was Norm's place. It was his second home. It was the place where he found community and family. It was simple welcoming. So imagine when you walk through the doors of work, if everybody's heads down working so hard, the difference of that versus when you show up, somebody takes a moment to say, hey, Sandy, good morning. How are you? Mm-hmm. The signal of belonging. It is a big difference. The signal of belonging that comes from something so simple. When somebody joins a meeting, even if they join late, pausing as the owner of that meeting, pausing and at the next break in the action and saying, hey, Sandy, I'm so glad you were able to join us today. Thanks for being here. It's just acknowledging, right? It's seemingly small, but the signal of belonging is huge. And belonging is what keeps people wanting to be at work. It is one of the three fundamental psychological conditions that must be met 
mm. for people to want to be at work. And one of those is they have to feel like they have belonging in the workplace. Of course. I mean, that's. I think that just goes back to a basic human need, right? I mean, we humans need interaction with other humans. It's, you know, I, I don't think we, we could survive that long. We'd be miserable. Like we need that connection with other humans. And uh, yeah, I just know in, in some of the workplaces I've been in, it, it's always for me because I'm so friendly and I say hello to everybody. And I am one of those people that looks at strangers and I'm like, hey, how are you doing today? You know, and especially if you make eye contact, you yes, know, I'm like, yes. And when they don't say hello back or good morning back, it's hard not to be like, oh, you know, well, what's what's wrong with that person today? You know, like, but it's, uh, you know, it takes two. Well, and one, of the, two, one of the you know? messages for, for my book that I want to share, I'm sorry, I keep, I'm a hand talker, I keep handing my mic, is that you do, you make these changes for you. You're right. looking introspectively. Right. You're looking at your happiness level. You're looking at what you need. And you're saying, I'm willing to lead by example. And, you know, I don't know. Have you ever come in for the Derby Festival stuff in the years that your son has been at UofL? You know, we yeah. host, we host the largest fireworks extravaganza in North America. Did you know that? Yeah, I believe it. I believe you, you it. Yeah. Should, you should come see it. It's it, it is worth seeing at well, least once before your son vacates the premises. I know, and well, I he'll probably be there another year. He's on the five year plan, um, <laughs> which is totally fine. I'm like, just get good grades and finish school. Like, I don't, I don't care. You it, you cannot get a hotel room. Oh, during the derby. Well, see, now That's you know somebody. I've got, I've got a, right. I've got a whole suite in the basement of my house. I, I can hook oh, you okay. up. Okay, I may, I may have to hit you up on that because staying in my son's fraternity house isn't really ideal. <laughs> so, so fireworks, right? How does a fireworks show go? First, it's just you hear the bang, and you know, and then you wait for the poof in the sky. And they're usually singles. And that's you. When you start your show, a positive journey, you are just the single firework shooting off and trying to get people's attention, right? Ah, right? But over time, more people join you. And now you're not a single firework, but there are multiple fireworks around you. The display is getting bigger. It's attracting more attention. And people are like, oh, that looks really inviting. I want to be a part of that. And so that's yeah. why I call it a movement, because the idea is that you start the ball rolling and you just by the way that you show up, what you demonstrate that's possible, the way that you impact others and the, all the good that returns to you, you know, this is a happiness person, you know, happiness is that one thing that, you know, the more you give, the more you get. Right. It's, yeah. it, 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 and so that all of that is just going to come together and orchestrate, but you will lose momentum if you're trying to change other people. If you set your sights on, I'm doing this to fix somebody else, you will lose momentum most likely before you see that change happen. But if you start from the premise of, I am doing this for myself to create the positive energy I want, 
the positive life force I want, and I'm sharing it freely with others around me. I'm open source software. It's a very, very different mental experience. Of course, because at the end of the day, you you can't change other people. All you can do is change yourself and the way you react to the other people. Say it a little louder for the people in the back of the room, Sandy. (laughs) You can't change yourself. You can only change your reactions. (laughs) There we go. So, Rita, this has been such a great conversation, and I could talk to you for hours about this. How can people find you? Uh, What is your website? And is there anything else that you would like to share with the audience today? So my website is igniteextraordinary.com. And there is a show up positive page that gives you all the details about the book and how to order it and media coverage and the speaking and workshop stuff that I offer around the book itself. Uh, I, of course, have a larger OD practice that I do under my company name, which is Ignite Your Extraordinary. So, and all my social links are there. So you, that's the easiest way to find me anywhere. I do have a couple of offers that I would give to your audience. Um, These are my ways of giving into showing up as the person I want to be and giving into the larger community. So I drop a weekly Monday email. It has over 50% open rate because it's a cultivated list. If you're not opening it, I eventually drop you off, but because the quality of the email is there. And what I do each Monday is I give you a show up spark for the week. It's yours to take or ignore, but it's, you know, just that little bit of, of encouragement. If you don't want to dig into the book or find your own word, I will give you a starting place for the week. Uh, For example, this week, our word is reframe. So our show up positive behavior is reframing. I talked, um, oh, I'm sorry. And that's not the email that was in, in the show. The other way that you can get information. So you can sign up when you go to my igniteextraordinary.com. There's a place to sign up for the, the weekly email. And you can just do that. I do. It is not a legion system. I do not bug you with a bunch of pitches to buy services from me. It is my gift to my community of one email a week. The other way that you, if you're not a reader, I do a stand-up. It's eight to 10 minutes. It's a live broadcast. It goes out on my YouTube, which is at Ignite Extraordinary, my Facebook page at Ignite Extraordinary, and on my LinkedIn, Rita Ernst Positivity Influencer. It's every Monday at 11.45 a.m. Eastern time. And it's just a little eight to 10 segment, eight to 10 minute segment where again, I introduce a show positive spark for the week. It's for those people that are more auditory or visual and not really the reader. So those are, those are two ways that people can learn more about practicing the ideas of show up positive and access that for free. Love it. I know I'm checking out your website right now and it's great. There's some really great uh, nuggets on here. Thank you. So everybody check it, check Rita out. I will also make sure it's in the show notes and I just appreciate you and what you're doing. And I love, I love, especially having guests on my podcast that are on the same trajectory as I am, because we need more of us out there spreading positivity and happiness and love. So thank you so much for everything that you do. 
Well, thank you very much, Sandy. And congratulations on your third book this year. I'm going to be a third year writer in a few years. I've got a plan for a new release for next year. But right now I'm still just trying to get this movement off the ground and spread the word. Um, but I am a rule breaker. So my book is not like any other business book you've probably, and it's very chunked out in little bite-sized nuggets. Uh, so I hope that you guys will check it out. And I'm working on the audiobook right now because I'm a huge audiobook person. Are any of your books out in audio format? Yes. My Happiness Solved is out on Did you record it yourself? I did not. Yeah, I've chosen to do that and to do some of the engineering. It is a huge, huge undertaking. But I am going to it's make It's a huge undertaking. Happen. Yeah, and I only did it just because I just don't have the time um, and the equipment, quite frankly. Yes, yes. You know, so, so it looks like your video just went off. We're still recording um, the audio, but that's okay, Rita. I'm going to go ahead and stop the recording. Don't hang up and we can chat after. And everybody listening today, thank you so much for joining us. I certainly hope that you enjoyed today's interview. Thank you so much for joining me. And as always, I hope that you and your family are healthy and safe and that your lives are filled with peace, joy, and happiness. Take care, everyone.